for our first message today, we have a split sermon from Mr. Doyle Carter entitled Spiritual Procrastination. Mr. Carter. Uh, as I get ready here, we were, we were talking about procrastination in there. I think it was Matt and some others started teasing me. Ironically, ironically, it, I wasn't procrastinating on this speech, but I just started joining the Jinx Toast, Toastmasters Club, and I did their speech the la that night before, just 24 hours or less. But luckily, I knew the topic. It was an icebreaker. So I think I know my life well enough to speak. The only problem is it was just two mu They gave six minutes, and I was like, I didn't. I actually almost went over. <laughs> so. Well, last week, uh, Steve had made a comment in his sermon, and it, which helped prompt this. He said that we, as humans, have a short time on Earth, which is, is true. We only got a short time on, the, on Earth. It doesn't seem like it to us, because sometimes we just forget that reality, because we get so wrapped up into our projects, such as work, whether we have to raise children, not one of the things I got to do, but, you know, things that, but other activities, you know, some people are into their sports. I mean, that's the thing. They, they are dedicated, and that takes up a lot of their time. Movies. You know, we get into our, all our little projects and activities and entertainment, and we can get caught up in that. Now, this busy lifestyle can lead to a problem if you're, if you're really trying to follow God. It's called spiritual procrastination because what happens is, let's say, let's say, for example, you work a long day and you get home and your kids want your attention and then you finally settle down about 9 or 10 o'clock and you're exhausted and you want to read the Bible but then you fall asleep before you can get started. I've heard someone tell me about that where they just come home and it's like things at home demands their attention and then suddenly... And in spiritual procrastination, the problem you run into is we, run, we, we lose our focus. If we do it too long, we start losing our focus toward God. Like I say, example, if we miss Sabbath service due to sickness and then we do this again, and we do this again, it becomes a habit. We do, or if we, like in my case, squeal on myself, I wanted, for many years, I wanted to go through Ron Dart's Epistles of Paul. Well, I'd get halfway through, and then I would just, I don't know what happened, I lost interest, got too busy, who knows what, and I just stopped. I finally went through it once. So, but the point was that, you know, if you try to plan something, like I've known somebody who said he wanted to read the Bible all the way through, and he stopped in Leviticus 23 and some other places where the name started getting a little long and all that, and he just stopped. So we do that. We should not be surprised that we, life is short for us. You know, God does state that we have, God does state the fact that we do, have, we do live only a short period of time. For when we turn to Psalms 103, and I use the New King James, okay, and I, I can almost read the board, you're right. Yeah, I got, I got my glasses renewed a little bit, so I can see a little better now. But it says, as for man, his days are like grass, as a flower in the field, so he flourishes, for the wind passes over it and it is gone, and its place remembers it no more. And that's really true, because it, 
We just don't live long. My dad talks about that. He says that it's, our lives are just short. I mean, like I said, dad looks back and he remembers days when he was working in the cotton fields as a kid, you know, because their family was so poor. And it just seems like it flew by, like the wind just went past it and just took it away. Yeah, I'm not going into the fact of me being born. He said that once, too, me being a kid. Because I said, you really want to remember that event? But if you compare our normal life compared to things around us, like the Roman Empire. The Roman Empire was around for approximately 1,000 years, give or take. If a normal person, let's say, okay, pick on my dad since I want to pick on him. Let's say he lives 100 years. He would only live one-tenth of the Roman Empire's time period if he could live that long. But, on, but even that's not important. A thousand years isn't that big a deal because when you compare it to the constellations, like the stars, like the sun. I was reading up on that. The sun, they say, they're talking in billions of years. That's not even a, that's not, I said in my notes, I'm saying not a drop in the bucket. That's not a drop in an ocean in a hundred years. It's nothing. I mean, our expand is like that compared to the sun. In Psalms 90, the psalmist says, the day, days of our lives are, se are 70 years, and if by reason of strength they are 80 years, yet, they bo yet they boast is on their boast is only labor and sorrow, for it is short, soon, I'm sorry, start that over, yet their boast is only labor and sorrow, for it is soon cut off, and we fly away. So it, even the psalmist recognized, who I believe it was David in this one, if I that I'd maybe stand to correct it, but the psalmist who wrote this knew that if you live 70 years, you're doing normal. If you live 80, you're doing great. You, you know, reason of your strength. We are also told in verse 12, so teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. See, we don't know how long we really got, and that's the thing. God doesn't just give us a tell us how long we got. We got to live by day by day. And by counting those days, we can actually gain wisdom to understand what's going on and utilize the, our time the best we can. Because we are to first seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That is our purpose, as Jesus said in Matthew 6. In fact, it's up there. Let's see. In Matthew 6.33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. And in context, the, all these things would be like your food, shelter, clothing, and so forth. So we just first seek the kingdom of God and all his righteousness. That doesn't mean we are monks. Then when I was doing this earlier, I was thinking about that. It doesn't, I know people who have actually gone overboard. They've literally stopped jobs, stopped everything, and, they, and that's not what he means. There's got to be a balance. Because even Solomon, after observing life, realize that there's things we got to do. Just things we've got to do. We're physical, unfortunately, and we have to eat, live, get clothing, stay warm, so forth. For in Ecclesiastes 3, verse 1, says to everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven, and then it goes through a litany of items here, like a time to be born, time to die, Time to uh, pluck what is, what is planted, to kill, and so forth. So there's a time for everything. 
You know, we have to work. We have to live. We're physical. But we must make time and keep a balance for seeking God's kingdom and his righteousness. Because what can happen is, if we're not aware of it, we can get so wrapped up in what we do. Because our jobs are so demanding. I was in one job recently that literally wanted me to work 11 to 12 hours a day, which is fine. I mean, good, healthy. But you get home, you're tired. You don't feel like doing anything. You might turn the TV on and fall asleep on the couch. At least I did once. That's why I shouldn't have brought Netflix back. But hey, <laughs> but I was trying to watch this crime show, and I literally went to sleep. I mean, I had to turn it off after I dozed and just go to sleep. And it, that's true not just in that. If somebody has lots of kids, that can take up time with school and all the stuff that's involved, as we said earlier. It, it, we can get wrapped up. And like I said, even, if, even just talking about that, I was a system manager at Arby's once, and they were demanding. And I came, even at 25, after a 12-hour shift, there was times, and I hate to admit this, I did not study the Bible as much. I did a quick prayer, went to sleep, that was it. And so life does pull that. But Jesus does warn us on that. He says in Luke 8, 14, it says... Now the ones that fell among the thorns are the, those who, when they have heard, go out and are choked by the, with cares, riches, and pleasures of life and bring no fruit of maturity. He warns us this could happen. So Jesus was very well aware of it, and in the sower of the seed, he actually said there was a classification of seeds which did get choked out, choked out. So we are to try not to let, we are not to let that happen. Paul warns us of this as well. Because, yeah, I kind of felt bad, bad earlier when I didn't have a key scripture. I guess this would have been my technical key scripture in Hebrews 2, 1 through 2. It says, because in Hebrews 2, 1 through 2, it says, Therefore, we must give the most earnest heed to the things which we... The things we have heard, lest we drift away. For if the word spoken through angels proves steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience receives a just reward, then how should we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? If you notice in verse 1, it talks about drifting away. You know, like you're letting go. Like if you threw a... If you threw a stick out in the middle of a, a pond or out in the ocean, it just slowly drifts away. You know, you don't try to retrieve it. It just keeps going out and it eventually is out of sight. And we do have such a great salvation. We, we should not neglect it. He warns us not to neglect that salvation. I mean, God promises more time first off, so we'll have more time to do things. So a billion years will be nothing to us eventually if we make it and get an eternal life. We'll also be able to help solve some of the world problems. Because yeah, be, listening to the news can be very frustrating, I can say that. I'm a route driver right at the present, and hearing the news was just, ugh. In Hebrews 3.13... It also says, but exhort one another daily, while, while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. 
The way I understood that was we don't know how long we've got. And we need to take it, just redeem the time, the day that we have. Like I said, Dad doesn't know. Like he's gonna, he was saying that to me one time. He says, he'll be, he's almost 70, and he feels lucky to make it through all the stuff he had to go through. But he doesn't know how long he'll be around. He just doesn't. So he does the best he can in his physical world to do everything he can, like go to Europe, like I tell you all about, and such things as that. We should be doing the same with the Bible. When we got time, study the Bible, do what we need to do. For an example would be Bill Myrick. And I know he'll be okay with this. Because he did a sermon on this on basically the same topic, procrastination, ironically. He, before he entered Tom's church, five years before that, he had heard about the Sabbath. You know, he had studied it. Okay, there's a Sabbath. It's, it's on the Sabbath. It's on Saturday. It's God commands it. Well, you know, I do the thumbs up like, yeah, he understood. Well, he felt he really didn't need to go to church, though. He just kind of went, well, I'll do nothing a little Bible study and that'll be it. Five years later, for whatever reason, and I forgot his reasoning, he got moved to go to church. When he started going to church, he started realizing everything he's missing. He went, I wasted five years at home when I could have been at church, fellowshipping, doing the iron sharpens iron, like Proverbs, could have been doing a lot of the, you know, I think he does sermons, so he could have done sermons, kind of sharpened himself, because as a speaker, Steve and Reggie and all know, you know, we have to study more to speak, so we get to, we cut out a lot of extra stuff, basically. We get to learn more, and he, he regretted that. He just openly said, I regret it. I should have went to church immediately. Now, on a good side, an example would be Nineveh. It's just a... On Nineveh, you see Jonah coming up, and all, all you gather, he says, is 40 days and this city will be destroyed. Well, the king didn't go, well, i got 40 days. Okay, I'll, I'll kick around. I've got a party tonight. I've got to go here. He immediately took heed to that, made the people fast. He made the animals fast, and God even complimented Nineveh for that. It was like, wow, do you see what they did? I told them, and they did. I can honor that. So now that we're, you know, just kind of review that we do have a short life, you know, realize that time is short for us, and we do need to seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness, there are ways, we have tools, we have, we have tools to help us out in doing this. So how to prevent, as it says on here, how to prevent uh, spiritual procrastination. I've got at least, I believe it's five of them here. First, you do daily Bible study and reading. Because that's one thing I'm starting to do. I want to go through Romans. And this time I'm not going to procrastinate is my big word here. I've actually got to chapter 4. But to read this on a daily basis, the Bible. To read it, study it, pick a topic. You know, like be nice for one day for me to read all the epistles of Paul. It would be a good example for anyone else. For it says in 2 Timothy, and it's only a reference scripture, so I didn't give it to Richard, but it just basically says, study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that need not be ashamed, rightfully defining the word of God. So we are to study. Prayer. Do daily prayer. I forget which individual, and I looked so hard this week, I couldn't find it. It seemed like one of them, it's Daniel or David or one of them, prayed morning, noon, and evening. Three times which is a good practice, actually. And 
we are to be always in prayer because that's our communication with God. Keep us focused into his way and his, and what he wants. For it says in 1 Thessalonians 5.17, pray without ceasing. So I'm sure that, that I, how I interpret that is if something happens during the day, let's say you pray in the morning, but then everything starts going awry like we did at Coca-Cola one day. <laughs> did a quick prayer going, God, what's going on here? You know, hello, what's going on? And everything started to settle down. But I was there to say, hey, you know, I called on my God to help me out. I don't know what was going on that day, but it, he fixed it. Meditation's another tool we've got. Ron Dart, in, on, on one of his sermons on meditation, spoke on the fact that before he left a certain organization to go into CGI, he decided he was going to do one hour of meditation a week. And I'm not talking about like the clearing of the mind and the yoga thing. He just said he would sit down, think about the week, think about the scriptures, God and all that, and see what would come about. And he said it really cleared a lot of things up to sit down and just take time to meditate. He said about an hour just to kind of... So when he had to resign somewhere, he meditated on it and realized it wasn't the end of the world. and Because he had to resign from one church to join another. And he said that, that meditation that week, that one hour of meditation, helped him focus and realize that, you know, God isn't kicking him out of the kingdom if he gets, has to leave. He's not, you know. But it gave him time to stop. The other one, the other one is fasting on a regular basis. However, that is defined to you. That's a weakness on my point. But <laughs> me and fasting don't get along as well. Like I say, Day of Atonement's kind of a rough one. But, but fasting gives us a time to stop, to focus on whatever we're fasting over, whether we, like I say, if you lose a job or you have a sick kid or you feel like it's, hey, it's time to stop, focus, petition God. Fasting is definitely one means. And God even gives us, this has already been mentioned multiple, multiple times, that he gives us times to stop, to reflect on him. If we keep the Sabbath and the holy days. Sabbath is a good time once a week, like Ron Dart was talking about his one hour. Well, God gives us that one day out of the seven days to sit back, focus. The holy days to help us understand his purpose, keep us focused that way. So to basically summarize, just to say that our life, we, we live a short life, even though we don't always seem to realize it, because we get caught up in our, our stuff, projects, however you want to say it. But we must keep a balance with our physical existence as well as our spiritual life. You know, of course, we've got to work on all that, but also we must maintain a life of which we do Bible study and reading, we do prayer, we meditate, we obey God in keeping his times like the Sabbath and holy days to help us keep focus so that we do not drift away so, and, and neglect this great salvation. So basically, from what I want you to get is that I just, just basically want to say that just want you all to avoid spiritual procrastination and use the tools that were provided here. <laughs>